You're listening to the Me, My Bag and I Austin podcast. Hello, we're here today to talk about returning to work following um, surgery to form a stoma. Um, I'm Paige and I currently work with ex-armed forces that are isolated, vulnerable and in prison. Um, I have an ileostomy bag formed in 2016 and um, I've been working in my job for over a year now um, and they've been really, really supportive since my surgery. Um, hi, I'm Chrissy. I had a stoma formed um, in 2011 um, where when I worked as a gardener. Um, that wasn't supportive and I was made redundant and I now work as a nutritional therapist. Hi, um, my name's Elizabeth and I had my ileostomy formed um, in June last year, 2019. Um, I'm uh, communications electronics engineering officer in the Royal Air Force um, and I've been supported throughout um, my illness and my surgeries. So what was your experience like when you were diagnosed before your surgery? Um, so I was diagnosed in May um, 18 and I hid it from everybody mm. um, because I was quite ashamed of um, my symptoms. Um, I wasn't really sure about um, the disease. I had ulcerative colitis. Um, I'd never had any experience of bowel disease, um, no friends, family, etc. So I kept it very much to myself and just kind of tried to manage it. Um, my friend, my close friends um, were really, really, really supportive. Um, but it wasn't really until um, the January in 2019. Um, I was totally transparent with my boss. Um, but none of my other colleagues knew about it. My boss at the time, he he was incredibly supportive. Um, he almost kind of listened to me and listened to my needs, but left me to it to a certain extent. He mm. just took a step back and said, right, what do you need from me? And I said, absolutely nothing. I just need you to, to allow me to deal with things the, the way I yeah. kind of know best and with my IPD team. Um, and it wasn't until I had to have emergency surgery in the June 2019 um, that things became kind of open with work. Um, from there, unfortunately, because I was in hospital for so long and then with subsequent surgery, they had to um, offer me a level of protection. Um, it's, it's in, in the military, it's called um, uh, duty of care. So the Royal Air Force offered me duty of care to put me on long-term sick leave. Um, and since then, um, you know, in the early stages, like work were really quite supportive and, you know, phone calls, mm -hmm. medicals, team um, just kept on saying, well, what can we do for you type thing? Um, which, would, which was really quite nice, like mm -hmm. especially on in the early stages when everything was like really um, foreign and scary. Um, and, you know, for the year previous to having surgery, I was on and off of so many different medications, hospital visits, infusions that made me incredibly sick. Um, and I was so scared of surgery because of the kind of ramifications that it might have on my kind of future career. Um, but luckily, um, it's, it's, it's not had a grave impact um, 
but yeah, mm. and it's opened other doors, which, which I'll, I'll, I'll talk about afterwards. <laughs> how did you find um, emotionally, how were you emotionally at work? Was that difficult? Um, so I've been in the military for 18 years, really. So when I go to work, I'm very much kind of work Elizabeth. Right. Um, so I kind of put on my uniform in the morning um, and I'm there to work. I'm not there to be emotional. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, but but certainly after work, um, you know, or being up four or five times a night, visiting the toilet, mm. being fatigued, not being able to eat when I wanted to eat, so I wouldn't eat during the day for fear of going to the toilet, or fear of kind of um, you have having any kind of accidents. Mm. Um, so. It, during my working hours, I wouldn't let it affect me, but then kind of when I finished work and took that uniform off, yeah, there was a there was a huge degree of isolation, mm. um, and you know that that was bef that was prior to surgery, um, and the the kind of the daunting aspect of having your bill removed and having a colostomy bag on you is. is mm -hmm. Is, is 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 just quite horrifically scary really yeah um but yeah you, you adapt and you overcome and the more you kind of like normalize it in your own yeah. head the more confidence that that, that, mm. that you can have um and the more um people your close friends and family like you know i, I don't know what i would do without them um and to a certain extent that like my job as well because the RAF provide me with a different level of family support, yeah. which is, which has been like crucial really to my recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you didn't really have um, no, as um, positive experience, did you? No, I think um, I I thought my immediate boss was being very supportive. Um, I actually had chemotherapy whilst designing the um, winter bedding. Um, which the nurses hated because <laughs> I was really tired and um, I I did it because I was kind of okay I've got to keep my hand in and um, I later found that the the information my boss was receiving she was reporting back to HR and they were trying to work out how to get rid of me really because not in a, I mean, local authorities don't have a great deal of money. And so having a person in a role as supervisor who um, is not there puts a lot of pressure. Um, however, when I came back, I thought they would be able to, because I was the most qualified and experienced supervisor, one of three, I thought they would perhaps be able to change my role so that I was doing more of the headwork and almost and accommodate you less of the physical, yeah. yeah. Because I'd my job was to um, supervise actions. You know, I didn't necessarily need to do the actions, mm -hmm. um, and I was the only one with any real horticultural knowledge and training. Um, so that was that was really disappointing. I found that emotionally very hard to deal with. I'd, my partner had had um, 
mental health and alcohol issues and was a non-drinking person but I had supported him for many years and through it became quite isolated so my world was him and my work and um, so it was you know I was very one-track minded um, that I needed to keep my job yeah but I think also I felt they were my work family. Yeah. Mm. So it it really felt, it was really hard to deal with yeah. um, afterwards. Um, and I don't really, I live in the same town, I don't really see anyone. Um, very rare that I bump into anyone. Or So with splitting up from my partner as well, I was very... Um, isolated for quite a few years um so for me going and retraining um was a really good idea because it kind of it reintroduced me to a working lifestyle um so that I could go out and get on with people and um I suppose losing your job you lose your confidence mm. and, and your purpose yeah exactly extent, yeah. you're purposeless yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I've been pla- and also because I cared about my work mm-hmm. and you know I I walk past gardens and trees that I planted and you know if I see things aren't right for ages it really hurt me that they weren't being looked after properly and you know so there's a real um I felt that I'd kind of grown up in that environment yeah. and been through been through a lot of things in that environment so I really felt um, like I was in a boat without my oars you know I was just mm. floating around. It's good that you got a focus now like yeah absolutely. something completely different and you're, yeah. you're building a life around that as well. Mm. And how did, how did you cope after yours? After the original surgery the first surgery it was it was hard but I sort of got on with it I was still employed at the time um, and they were being supportive, but not as support as much support as I needed. Um, I returned to work after three months, um, and I was still given all of the heavy lifting, the manual jobs, not just serving people, but all the things mm-hmm. that go on behind, like the back of the back of the shop. Um, and then when I was told I needed the rest of my rectum and my bum sewn up, and it made permanent, um, I knew that that surgery was a longer recovery um work were informed they were seemed fine about it at the time mm. um and then I had to have I was off I think about 10 months because the wound wasn't healing um and I was called in for a formal meeting um with management and told that I was going to be made redundant due to ill health um which obviously it's a knockback after having mm. so much go on like surgeries and illness and all the medication that caused a lot of other issues that a lot then get life they become lifelong issues so it carries on and carries on um but then I I was sort of like isolating myself weren't talking Mm. to nobody um and then someone from the Purple Wings charity got in touch the founder and she was like why don't you come and volunteer help out um come and travel with me giving out grants that sort of gave me a purpose and built my confidence back up and I met other people with a stoma um, so that sort of pushed me to get back into full-time work um, so I applied for a job but in 2018 over a year after 
the permanent surgery um, and that was with a company called Project Nova um, and then it was to help work with um, ex-armed forces that are in prison or enter custody um, and since then I can't fault them, they've been amazing, They anything that I need they will do, anything like I literally could not fault them in what they've done, they've supported me every time I needed a procedure done, appointments, they'll say that's fine, go, don't worry about work, we'll sort that that's out. Brilliant. Yeah. Really so it's sort of like a negative experience into a positive. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. be where I am now if I didn't have the surgeries. Yeah. I feel like I'd still be stuck in that same job, mm. unhappy. But because I've had the surgeries, it sort of yeah. pushed me to... Because that's quite a tough job to go for. Yeah, it? it is. I mean, we we deal with very vulnerable people mm. in crisis, suicidal. So it can be it can be draining on yourself as well. But, well, I mean, we, we receive counselling through work. I can't fault them. They are really, really good. That's yeah, mm. I think our surgeries have all like actually given us opportunities yeah. that we might not have had yeah, previously. Definitely. And I know that's like that's that's quite hard for maybe somebody listening to this mm. to think that surgery can offer mm. other opportunities and open other doors. But it won't happen straight away. It no, of course not. Yeah. It does take time. Yeah, mm. but it's definitely right. It's a. I definitely can see. A complete positive not that I wouldn't have, I would have obviously preferred not to have stoma yeah of course but actually um it's my life is way better now and um I think at a time when a lot of people are kind of saying oh well I'm going to retire soon and, mm. and just starting a new career and um I think that just gives you an enormous boost and a new lease of life yeah, exactly. And like, An excitement yeah. to get up and do Yeah, stuff. exactly. Yeah. And you totally changed your career. Yes. Didn't you? yeah. yeah. I think it was quite hard um, after being physically very strong. And although I'd studied horticulture, my enjoyment was the actual physical nature of the job. And I absolutely loved that. Um, I, you know, I loved pushing myself and I loved being, I was stronger than a lot of the guys that I worked with. Um, certain tools, they would be really tired after half an hour and how can you lift this? And I would be using those tools all day. So that was a real, you know, yeah. it, you know, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed, yeah. and also I enjoyed being completely confident that I could do something. I knew exactly what to do. Um, you know, I'd worked hard at it and I was now in my kind of, don't need to look things up, I just know what's going on. Um, so, yeah, that I didn't really want to do it from the sidelines in another place. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think I'm much happier having said, okay, that was really good, but rather than focus on the negative, what you can't do every day, mm -hmm. um, go and do something else, learn something new. Yeah, that you can do and that yeah. you're confident in doing. Yeah, and just close that door behind me, really. Mm. I'm, I'm still um, employed by the RAF, but um, I was given a wonderful opportunity, so they, they've almost like accommodated um, my condition and um, so from me having a subtotal colectomy in June 
um, I've decided to have um, a J pouch and my ileostomy reversed. So I had my stage two J pouch surgery in November, just passed. Um, and then I'll have my third surgery, hopefully, um, in the summer. So if if you kind of look at my surgery start to finish, there's probably about a year. Mm. Um, and I am very fortunate enough that my employers have kind of worked with me, offered me a position that I will go back to in um, October. But as a prerequisite for that position, they're putting me through a university course. Um, and in between, it's really stressful. <laughs> and I don't know if I, if I should really be putting that amount of stress on myself, like whilst going through mm. surgery. But um, what it's offered me is flexibility. Um, and my surgeons and consultants have been flexible with my academic timetable, my um, like my kind of chain of command, if you like, are accepting that I'm not going to be physically in work for a year, but I'm going to be studying towards another job that then I will return to work in yeah. like October, which I, I can't wait for. I'm really excited. Um, but I think, you know, what when you're kind of, it's really unfortunate that some people are like dismissed from employment or um you know their the hierarchy their their bosses aren't accommodating but there there's always a way and a, a mean of kind of trying to um be be flexible with with life really if if you like mm. and being kind to yourself that okay so you might not be able to like hump and dump yeah. like you know, <laughs> like your, your your trees and and yeah. be physically active in your job or it's really unfortunate that you know after being with your company mm -hmm. for so long that then you, you're dismissed but yeah. you know to be just kind to yourself and think right okay well do you know what right now that job might not be suitable for me mm -hmm. and if you move on to something else that is more suited to you then you're going to be happier aren't yeah. you really yeah yeah <laughs> And how have you found, um, one of the things I found difficult with work and with some of the temporary jobs I did in between um, was toilet facilities. Uh, <laughs> uh, there seems to be a lot of toilets now that don't have a window that you could open or, yeah. um, or the last temporary job I had, the toilet was directly opposite the staff room and also you had to have permission to go into the locker room and the locker was a really complicated combination lock which i kept forgetting oh, no. so you're quite stressed you yeah. need your bag you need to yeah. go to the bathroom you're trying to do your combination and then you're carrying a bag that everyone's looking at you oh, what's that bag and then you go into a toilet and you feel it's smelly and it's right opposite the staff room is you know i found that quite traumatic yeah in quite a lot of places. I mean, a lot of toilet facilities aren't, aren't that great anywhere. Mm. Anywhere you go, even when you go out shopping, they're not. Yeah. They're not great. But I think with the campaigns that are going on at the minute, they're trying to to make it better with putting like shelves in toilets and things like mm. that. But I think it's needed, especially for for those of us with a stoma, because if you have an accident or you need to change your bag, you've got nowhere to put it. Yeah. Mm. And. Obviously, you're worrying about the smells and what people are going to think. Why are you taking so long in yeah. the toilet? And especially when you're at work as well, and you're thinking, 
people are thinking, why are they, why are they taking longer than 10 minutes in the toilet? Yeah, what are they doing? that whistling noise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like the, um, the toilets that say, like, every disability. Um, yeah. And or, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. What is it? The... Not every disability is visible. Yeah, that's yeah, it. I yeah. Like that yeah. Before I had my surgery, and you know, I was going, I was going some days. I was going to the, the bathroom like twenty times a day. Like you know, on a good day, it would be kind of twelve, thirteen, fourteen times. Mm. Um, so that that was quite uncomfortable. You know, getting up and from my desk walking to the toilets. And, you know, sometimes, well, it's a private matter. You don't really want everybody yes, to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, and especially, like, I work in a male-dominated environment as well. Mm. I don't want the lads, like, seeing me walk to the toilet every two minutes. Yeah. But, yeah, so if, if there's a toilet outside a staff room, or yeah, mm. it, it can create an anxiety. Yeah, in yeah. You. yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think maybe companies could be made more aware that, actually toilets you know toilets for for some people need to be more private yeah because it, it is embarrassing and maybe having um you're not always in the workplace able to leave your supplies in the toilet so if they yeah, could have yeah. a little a little um lockable cupboard that you could maybe put i always carry a chain uh, a top and a sort of tracky bottoms um just in case and Mm. you know you could leave things in a little locker in the toilet so you're not kind of going okay everyone i've been to my locker i've got my bag (laughs) and now i'm running across back to my locker i've got a bigger bag because i've had an accident (laughs) and then everyone goes weren't you wearing a blue top earlier (laughs) so you know, I used to say, oh, I just put coffee over myself, or, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I think that definitely was one of my anxieties at work. I've got one future anxiety, actually, um, <laughs> with work. Um, so although I'm, I'm off of work just now and I, and I attend university and I like home study, so I'm essentially working from home. Um, but I've got a military course in May to um, attend and this will be the second time that I've had to put a uniform on with my bag. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, first, the first time, you know, I was, it, it created a lot of anxiety, but in the end it was absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. But I only attended a conference, so I only had the uniform on for maybe about, oh, I don't know, two hours maximum um and you know I didn't eat I didn't drink (laughs) so it wouldn't fill up you know it took me a long time I think to actually overcome those anxieties Mm -hmm. like everyone can see it what if I go to the loo um now that I irrigate I guess it's things like um I can't just go and stay with a friend easily if they're only got one toilet and they've got children mm-hmm. because you know I need the bathroom for an hour yeah irrigation day. takes quite quite a long time yeah. doesn't it if I'm relaxed I can I can actually irrigate part way through have a shower and actually have the whole thing done in one hour but if I've got like uh if I go to I do quite a lot of conferences in London so mm. it's an early start 
I need to get the train, which is already an anxiety because people tell you about the doors that come open. So that's one of my fears. <laughs> um, so on a day like that, you can almost guarantee that it will go wrong. And I try to leave the house and it fills up and change. And sometimes I do abandon. Um, but luckily that's it's kind of becoming a little less often. But I think that mental connection mm. to your stomach, you know, it's it's an important day. So it's just going to play up. But I do find the fasting really, really helps yeah. with the confidence of, you know, getting a train, doing your day and, you know, it's, I don't find it does any harm no. um, to my body as long as I eat well in between. Yeah, can't sustain that though. No, it's you know, not ideal, no. but I think a lot of it as well is understanding how your body reacts to yeah, certain things. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's, it's just that preparation, isn't it? Yeah. Every day before you go to work or where certain foods are like broccoli soup. I like broccoli soup, yeah. but I'm not going to have it yeah. in the daytime. I'll have it in the evening yeah, where um, everything can happen as it likes. So if you were giving advice to someone else who's about to have surgery, what would you say to them? First of all, I would say don't be scared um, because many a night I spent in hospital crying my eyes out, thinking that my whole world and my whole life was ending. I thought I was going to lose my job. I thought I was going to lose my health, lose my fitness. Um, so my first bit of advice would be to remain strong and don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. um, and probably my second would be to be kind to yourself. I think, you know, we're all very driven women here and I'm sure the people that are listening to this are are driven and ambitious. Um, personally, I'm quite, um, I've got quite high standards of myself. So if I don't meet goals or if I don't meet certain kind of, um, I don't know, yeah, goals, I suppose, um, then I can be quite harsh upon myself um, before surgery and before my illness. You know, I would, like, go to the gym every day. I would be running. I would be, like, have this such an active lifestyle that, um, you know, sleep was was a tertiary um, kind of need, you know. <laughs> um, but then when, when I did have surgery, um, my... Um, so my fatigue levels um, were, I, I was just mm -hmm. chronically tired all the time. Um, and my first surgery wasn't too bad. It was like quite seamless and flawless. Um, but my second surgery has been quite damning. Um, and I've really had to kind of learn that I can't just put my trainers on and like go for mm. my five, six, seven, eight, ten mile runs. You know, I can't like punish my body doing hit no. sessions every single day. Um if it's it if I've not got the energy to go and see friends, then I have to be true and say, Do you know what? I I'm just I'm just exhausted. I need to go to bed at seven o'clock yes. at night. <laughs> yeah. You saw I mean like you said be kind to yourself and keep yourself some mm. slack because it's your body and your mind and you've got to deal with things yourself um, before you can sort of let anybody else in because you're the one that's got to live with this bag on your tummy for the rest of your life or for however long. Yeah. 
you've got it, so you sort of deal with your own issues. Mm. And if that's going to your GP and saying, look, I need help with, with this, it's affecting me and not help them, do it, don't be scared to go no. and ask, ask for help. Because a lot of people will bottle it up and not, not talk about it and just hide it away from everybody. But you need to sort of let, let people in as well. Like, if you've got a good relationship with family and friends, you've got a good partner with things, and that's always positive because they understand and accept it, so you've got no reason to, to shy away from it and be open about it. Yeah. I think as well, that if you, if you do end up having an unsupportive working situation, um, I think there is, there is help out there. I ended up having um, a disability benefit uh, well, being on universal credit, but with a disability benefit um, added to that, which makes it a livable amount. Mm -hmm. And actually, um, I I wouldn't have probably had a hernia if I hadn't been running around lifting trees and going to the gym because I thought I could just almost ignore what had happened to me. Um, and just get my old life back but actually you know I think you do need to stand back and look at the bigger picture and if you're not getting the support it you know being taken care of even if it is by social security for a period of time is um, time for you to look after yourself and you do need to have a lot of self-care and a lot of sleep so that you can recover um, and you know i think it's a huge emotional um change especially if you've had um multiple surgeries and you know i'd had chemo my brain wasn't working very well either you know <laughs> um so i think i would say to people you know really as you've said give yourself a break and recognize that actually even though you've got through it really well it is actually a big thing it's and, huge <laughs> you know i would always say oh no it wasn't really you know it, it wasn't really that much and i kind of believed myself that it was like oh yeah i had a really bad cold that time but now i'm just gonna go back into exactly who i was yeah. you know and i think the, the sooner you recognize you can't do that the better really yeah yeah, so um, thank you very much for listening today. Uh, we all hope that by sharing our experiences, we've at least maybe helped or informed you. Um, thank you. Thanks for downloading the free Me, My Bag and I podcast from Salts Healthcare. If you enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button and the next podcast will come straight to your device. We care what you think, so it'd be great to hear your thoughts. Please leave a review on iTunes.